I'm Steve Duke, and welcome to the Two Roads podcast. On this podcast, you'll get the info you need to help you figure out what job is best for you and also how to make that happen. Figuring out what you want to do with your life isn't easy. Should you change jobs? What job would you even change to? Should you go back to uni? Where should you live? This is especially true for people in their 20s and their 30s, and it can be a bit of a quarter-life crisis, as I like to call it. I know that because I've gone through it myself at least once, if not twice. And I know so many people in my own life who are questioning what they're doing and considering a change. Maybe they picked a uni course out of school, which led straight to a graduate role. Now they're a couple of years into that, and they're kind of wondering if that's really what they want to do for the rest of their lives. For myself, I've spent days and nights grappling with the same questions. I still do. Don't have all the answers. But I hope with this podcast to help you answer some of the questions that you might have for your own life. So... What do we actually do on this? Well, we give you a real-life view into a wide range of careers and lifestyles. You'll hear from investment bankers, coders, nannies, online coaches, real estate developers, designers, marketing agency owners, salespeople, teachers, and more. You'll hear about their day-to-day job and the real insights into what their lifestyle is like, what they hate about what they do, what they love about what they do, the trade-offs, how much money they make, the hours they work, everything. What's different about this podcast is both the depth and breadth at which we look at different careers and lifestyles that you can pursue. There's lots of content out there that gives really surface level views of a job, what it's like maybe nine to five, Monday to Friday when you're at work. But of course, a job has a much bigger impact on your life than just when you're at it. It comes with different stress levels, it comes with different hours, different holidays, different pay, different progressions and different satisfaction. And they're really, really important for you to be able to take into account when you're considering a new job or changing careers. And so that's what we want to do. We're going to go into that level of depth so that you really know what you might be getting yourself into and you can find out if it's something that you might enjoy. You'll also discover how to get into that career if it's one that you want to go after yourself. So if you want a bit of help figuring out what to do, this part is for you and I hope you enjoy it and that you find it useful. On today's show, we have Ella Lyons. Now, over the last 10 years, Ella has explored careers in nursing, mechanical engineering, corporate project management. She started her own interior design agency, and now she works as a nanny, which, by the way, she absolutely loves. She has spent years discovering how to make career decisions and has some really helpful advice and exercises to help you do the same. I've done a few of her exercises myself, and I found them super helpful. She's also really thoughtful about finding balance in her career and her life across both family, fun, travel, and money, and crafting a life that brings her, well, happiness. She's also a great friend of mine and just a wonderful human. So I hope you enjoy it, and I'm sure you'll find it useful. All right, let's get into it. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? There was this ad on television for like heartburn medicine, and there was a traffic operator Okay, and she was having a really difficult time because she was having heartburn. And then she took some Gaviscon, whatever it was, and she jumped into this song and dance um, to operate the traffic. And she made me want to be a traffic operator. And I wanted to just be a policewoman who just directed traffic and like made them come forward and made them go back and do that. I thought you were going to say, because um, I know those Gaviscon ads and it's more like the... <laughs> the Gavscon turns into like firemen. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say you want to be a fireman. Fireman, no. Um, okay. Yeah, a police so, operator. Okay. Or a traffic operator. Yeah. Very nice. Um, but you're not. I'm a not a traffic operator. operator. <laughs> no. So what do you do now? And what's kind of like the very brief story of how you went from, you know, what you did in college, I guess, through to what you did now? Yeah. Okay. So briefly, I, to go from the very start, I technically started. Uh, university doing nursing, changed to engineering, um, became a project manager in the corporate world, um, did an interior design course, started my own interior design business, and now I work as a childminder, as a nanny. And I'm trying to work more with children now. Okay. Which I think is why you have me here, because of my strange path. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's like, so you, ch- you nursing, engineering, yeah. corporate project management, Interior design. design. Childminding. Childminding. Yeah. So five different things over what, 10 years? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Pretty much. So 
Some of them very short stints, but yes. And how close do you think you are now? Because obviously, you know, at each of those points, you're probably looking to find the one that, you know, you more enjoyed or you more liked or whatever else. Like, do you think that you're kind of getting closer to that or? Very much, yeah. Yeah, I know that children is the general, you know, area that I want to work in. What age group it is. I don't know. There's so much you can do, obviously, with children. The age group is a big thing and what it is, whether I'm working with them directly or their parents, you know, is it more of a teaching role that I want to have um, or is it more around like the child psychology, how their brain works, that kind of thing. I know they're all a little bit related, but I'm still trying to work that out. I'm very much at the start of that journey, but I know the amount, the happiness and how I feel every day is wildly different than what I've ever had before. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I know. It's really hard to explain to like when I'm trying, when I, you know, talk to people about what they're doing, it's hard to explain that you can have this level of job satisfaction. I didn't know it existed. And people always tell me, like when I started my business and everything, I always heard the words, you know, passion. If you've passion, then you'll do well. And I always thought when I started my business, you know, I'm trying to, I was tossing it up, am I convincing myself that I have passion? in interior design or do I actually am I actually passionate about I find it interesting yeah and I like doing it and I can really you know appreciate a good home and all those kind of things Mm -hmm. but was I passionate about it probably not Um, yeah yeah that's interesting I think it was like even a couple of weeks ago like you were on holidays for Christmas you came back yeah as on like a Sunday evening Mm. yeah you were actually looking forward to a Monday morning not dreading it because it was weird because that was my first time that I had a, some time off since starting this new job and I spent a lot I'm a little bit of a worrier so I would look to the day as I think some people probably do look to the day that their holiday ends you know that Sunday night your holiday ends and you have to go into work the next morning and you're thinking oh I'm dreading that I'm dreading that I'm dreading that and then all of a sudden it came around and I was really happy to be home and just my day to day like yeah okay I have to go to work tomorrow. Not ideal. I have to set my alarm and I have to get up and go to work. Fine. But the day-to-day, you know, my routine and all of those things, I just don't get bummed out by it. I lo- love mm. my life here. You know, I have a great husband, everything. I'm just like, I'm actually quite happy right now. And it's it's only when you kind of sit back and look at it and you're in those situations as well, the Sunday night, day before work, that you realize, actually, I have a pretty good life. Yeah. I'm okay. And so what does that like, um, like what would that typical day look like? Yeah. Not just from a work perspective, from kind of end to end. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So I'll do a typical day because I'm still getting back into my routine. Basically I would get up. If I'm in a good routine, I'm going to go to the gym mm-hmm. within, within, I'm a, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink tea. I just get up and go. So within like 10, 15 minutes of being up, I'll be in the gym and um, doing a workout class. Come back get dressed you know if again if I'm in a good routine do a bit of journaling uh breakfast and then I go to work um which is normally one of my two families I work with two different families um and then to be honest I open their door into their house I have no idea what's going to show up that morning like the child could be screaming crying um you know teething not eating his breakfast just like throwing it across the room at me um the other family you know there could be tantrums about putting on school shoes this all sounds very negative most of the time I walk in and there's like smiles and happiness but at the same time one of my children is getting to the age where his he now knows it means if I show up it means mom leaves and that's not good for him like mentally he just finds it hard obviously it's sad um so anyway deal with that then I go I usually have to follow their routine for the day um so the kids routine so it might be go for a walk might go to the beach together might have a picnic have a nap I'll do some food prep that kind of thing finish work come home I'm always a mess after work there's you know some sort of food on me there's probably a lot of drool sweat thrown in there a lot of that kind of stuff um so have a shower wash the day away and then make dinner maybe go for a walk after dinner and then get into bed and read and go to sleep nice and you've got a great what I think is a great setup at the minute as well because when you started to get into child mining, you kind of were quite conscious about how much you wanted to work. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Tell me about like what your setup is in terms of the week. So I, 
because part of what I'm doing right now, I'm trying to work out, as I said, what age group it is and you know what it is about children that I want to do. I actually started working with two different families um, that have children at very different ages. So I do one family Monday to Tuesday. They have a 14 month old. And then I have another family um, Wednesday, Thursday, who there's a young baby, but there's also two older children at six and eight. So I have one family Monday, Tuesday, another family Wednesday, Thursday, and then Fridays, I tend to, my interior design business is still kind of ticking over. So I'll do that on Fridays. The odd time I'll have to do a call, you know, early mornings, because a lot of my clients are back in Ireland. So I'll do an early morning call on Monday or Tuesday before work or something like that. Mm. But yeah, I very much kind of have set up my week in a way that works really well for me. And I was lucky, that was a little bit out of luck that the families that I worked with just needed me on those days. But it means that Friday is, I can just work half day if I want to, and then, you know, chill and slow down for the weekend. Yeah. And like, I know there was a bit of luck in it, but you were also like having talked to you when you were going through this process, like Mm -hmm. that was the outcome you wanted, right? So like you were quite conscious about this is the amount of work or the lifestyle that like I want to create for myself. And sure, maybe there's a bit of luck in getting it there, but you did know that that's what you wanted. That's true. It was, so when I was, um, when I was moving career and, and starting job minding, the, the kind of, ha- you kind of have to, anytime you're starting a new job, I kind of have to write down a list of, okay, these are the things that I want from my job. You know, I, I would ideally work these hours. I would get paid this much. This would be my lifestyle. This is the age group I would work with. This is where the job would be. And you write down whatever it is, five or six different things that you want out of it. And then you're not gonna get, it's unlikely that you're gonna get it all. So what is it that you're willing to compromise on? Is it the location? Is it the salary? Is it the age group? What is it? And that one about the, my week structure, um, I actually would have compromised on it for the right family, um, definitely, because for me it was more important that I was taking the right step in my career journey than setting up the right lifestyle for myself at this stage. Mm. I think that's, that's a really good point because I think there's like, so many dimensions that you can look at a job mm. in terms of like what it gives you yeah and at different parts of your life you're going to want like different things like from your job yeah. and yeah. it's right it's so important to prioritize the right thing mm. i think a lot of times the thing i see is is a bit different but like especially for people coming out of college mm. is like they want their first job they're students so they're broke mm. so they really optimize for like salary yeah but the difference of like you know, they would choose a job over the difference of maybe three or four K mm. like annual salary. And I totally get that, mm. but actually that's not the most important thing for them at that point. Mm. It's probably like, is it the right job for you? Yeah. How much are you going to learn? How much are you going to develop? Because even if ultimately the thing is you care about is money is like, well, in year five, you're going to make twice as much money yeah. if you've gone into a job where you're going to develop and like learn a lot. Yeah. So I think that like idea of having like the different dimensions at which you're going to look at a job and then trading off mm. what's more important for you at like different times of your life is really yeah. good. So can I talk about one of the exercises that I did of course. a few years yeah. ago? So when I moved, when I was in the corporate world in Singapore, I kind of had this eye-opening moment and realized I want to change career. And one of the exercises that I did, thanks to my, well, he was my boyfriend at the time, he's now my husband. Um, came up with this idea that, um, and I would always recommend this to anybody, no matter what age they are, doesn't matter if you're right out of college, if you're 40, whatever, is to write down um, 50, like get a sheet of paper and actually write them down. It's 50 goals that you have in life and it can be anything. Like it doesn't have to be buy this house or, you know, buy this car, you know, have children, great, if that wants to be on it. It could be go to France. It could be, you know swim in this sea just down the road from my house it can be anything you know it doesn't need to be grand extravagant things and then write down when every you write it all down and then beside that for each one write down whether or not it's related to family whether or not it's a personal goal or whether or not it's a career goal um and what you'll then see is of the 50 how many of them are personal goals that you have how many of them are related to your career and how many are related to your family. And at different stages of your life, you would imagine those proportions will change and that will give you, should hopefully, give you a good sense of where you should be prioritizing. Is it the lifestyle, if it's the family? You know, is it the, as we were saying, like the money, 
your how much you're going to learn if it's career or, mm-hmm. yeah so when you did that in singapore what yeah. came out um career was i think it was about 15 percent um and then there was i think it was a pretty even split between family and personal they were yeah both sitting at whatever 30 40 percent and was that more. a surprise or would you have expected it to be around that mm, it was definitely yeah no it was a surprise and it was a surprise. I thought most of them would be, I thought it was going to be about 60% personal. Um, but yeah, I really, which shows, I mean, maybe that was an indicator at the time that I, wa- I, sh- I wanted to work with children because so many of them were family related because I was, children was a big one on the list, right? So I would have said something like, not just have children, but it would have been take my children here or, you know, um, get a family picture or something like that like they would have actually been related to children but maybe that was maybe i should have looked into that more as to why yeah yeah that was such a big piece because it was only in the last year that i've really realized that i want to work with children yeah nice okay so i want to go a bit more into like working with children like why you like it maybe some elements of that you may not like some of the different ideas you might have for career paths because if somebody is listening to this and they're like oh like I think I like kids yeah but they're not sure if they want to actually work with yeah kids um let's try to give them some information so that okay. they can like make that decision yep. so I guess yeah the very first like kind of very basic question is like what is it about working with children that attracted you to to doing it as an actual job yeah so I've always had this weird connection I feel with children um I always when I was younger I'm four out of five in my family and when I was younger I always wanted my mom to have another baby I wanted like to be around babies I had family friends that had babies and I if we ever minded if my mom ever minded them I would want to push the pram I would want to do these things right I would sound silly I would go to the baby aisle in the supermarket and just look at the baby things I would look at the bibs I'd look at what they have it was just weird okay some would say I was like obsessed with it okay but then you know life moved on and I was just like always found babies cute and I just thought everybody found babies cute right everybody loves what's how could you not love a cute little baby um then through secondary school like high school I started teaching sailing was working with children like that and yeah I liked it again didn't really think much about it it was just a hobby that I had. I went to the sailing club every weekend. Children were there. They needed to be taught. So I did it. Right. And again, liked it. Didn't really think about doing it as a career that much. I mean, I vaguely thought about teaching. Did a week's work experience in it. But I always thought, wow, this is like such a commitment for me to come out of college at 22. And I'm going to be a teacher for my life. Oh, I don't think I can do that. Like. You know, I'm going to do something broader, like engineering, um, that will, I can always go back to teaching. You know, I can go back and teach maths. Um, so then it went on, took a little bit of a break from it, tutored a little bit in college. And it, then I had a break from children. So for the last five years, six years, I haven't worked with children at all. And now I do again. And it was... I had to look at different parts of my life. So that was another thing that I did was I looked at different parts of my life and figured out when it was, when I was happiest. And it was when I was working with children, right? What, it, what, it, what is it about them? And what is it that I like? It's hard. Every age is different. I feel like I can help them. Um, mm. And I feel like they would benefit from somebody wanting to help them and somebody caring about them obviously most of these most children have wonderful parents who love them very much care i'm not saying that that's missing in their life but an external source for that i think is extremely helpful and i believe that that's that that's true like i really believe that children can benefit from that Um, and we've all had teachers people in our lives that have mentored us and we'll remember that forever and little things that they'll say you'll remember that forever and I'd love to be that that help 
yeah. for a child. That's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's weird because I have, I've always had this strange, you know, like I did first aid for a long time. I, there was that brief period that I tried to study nursing. I have a little bit had that, whatever that caring vein is that people in that world have. I do have a little bit of that. Um, and it's just, I didn't realize how I could use it and what, what, what it was exactly. What was it linked to? Um, so yeah. it's and like when you're talking about it there it's uh, I think two things I realized like one is that when I ask you what do you like about it it's like there's not like one specific thing it was actually it seemed like when you it's just something that you've actually always enjoyed and been passionate about and been drawn to for a very very long time it just maybe took you a little while to realize that that was not uh, that that was something that you actually were passionate about and mm. it wasn't just that oh everybody feels like that I've spoken to a few people who've done the same thing mm. because the weird thing is the one the thing that you're really really into you're so into it that it feels normal and you're like yeah. how could you not be into this thing the way I am and then you right. talk to other people and you start to realize that actually no it's not normal yeah um and so it's almost I guess it's almost like a catch it's like the thing that you're most passionate about you're so passionate about it that you won't even realize that you're passionate about it. Yeah. Because you're just so, you're just so into it. And it's so hard. I find reflecting and self-development is really hard to do. Um, it's not something that we ever learn to do unless you've had a great mentor or a great career. It's not something, and I never really had it. And so for me to reflect, I have to sit down and write it out. And that's why that exercise of, even if you're only 18 and you're figuring out what you want to do in college, write down what it, when are you happy like what it and what are you doing what is it linked to is it that you're just alone on your computer just like coding away or playing a game you know is it that you're outdoors kicking a ball around you know what is it and if you can list those things it might help you a little bit try and narrow it down but at the same time i also think don't you know life experience is great and it teaches you a lot so even if I sat down at 18, I don't, I still don't think I would have become a teacher, you know? Um, sometimes it can take a little bit longer, so don't stress about it, like just trust the process. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So when you were talking about like your day-to-day, mm. obviously a lot of it is just like probably firefighting a little bit with like the kids and just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know there's, there's also an element which I would say is a bit more, um, like structured or where I can see like you're actually trying to like teach them things and develop them and like there's a whole theory I guess behind how you can teach kids Mm -hmm. or develop kids or whatever else like is that seems like something that you're quite interested in right yeah it's something that I'm extremely interested in and it's something that I've only started really actually learning about in the last I've only in the last two weeks have I started reading a child psychology book um about how the brain learn like how the brain develops and what ages um it's definitely something that I'm extremely passionate about but it's not something that I want to rush you know and as I said I really believe I can have a big impact on these children's lives Mm. um and so I take everything very slowly I don't stress if I if I do say something wrong, listen, everyone's gonna say the wrong thing at a certain time. So I'm just trying to take it day by day, figure out what it is their personalities are like, how they might learn, and just slowly go into it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm super passionate about it. As I was saying, like the like what we were saying, the tiny thing you can say to a child will drastically change. And it's I get such little wins in my job as well. Like the other day, this 14 month old that I have, I hadn't seen him for a month over Christmas. Um, and he is obviously growing rapidly. Like this is just an age where their brain just picks up everything. And I kind of thought, you know, I'm going to try this Montessori technique tra- like thing. Don't call it training, but <laughs> um, this, you know, um, what's it called? Like a exercise for him to do. And I had one dish and it had dried penne pasta in it, like uncooked and another empty dish, right? And I wanted him to move one from the other. And so I picked one up 
I had no idea if this was going to work. Okay. I have no idea what age group should be doing this. I just knew that it was an exercise that I did when I was in Montessori. I picked one up and I said, Oscar, can you put it in this other dish? And I dropped it in and then I did it again. And I said, here's another one. We're going to put it in this dish. And straight away, he picked one up, looked at it, wanted a little bit to eat it because it's pasta and that's what he knows, pasta. And then he kind of rethought, you could see him rethinking before he even reached his mouth. He went and put it in there. And from what I'm learning is that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be like, Kilton, oh my goodness, this is amazing. You shouldn't do that. Why? Um, because if they don't do that, is it just a coincidence that you put it in there? If they don't do it, so there's a lot of things. So for example, when your child does something right, you shouldn't just say, this is just from what I'm reading, right? I'm not a child psychologist. Um, apparently you shouldn't say things like, good boy, that's great, well done, right? Because as soon as 20 minutes later, when you trip over their shoes, you're gonna say, what are you doing? You've left your shoes in the middle of the floor again. And suddenly he's like, oh, I was a good boy for 15, 20 minutes, and now I'm not anymore. Now I'm just in the bad books, right? But if you come in and you say, oh my goodness, Stephen, if your mom came in, she was like, your room, you come to your mom and you say, mom, I've cleaned my room. And she comes in and she says, Stephen, the books are on the shelf, the bedspread is on the bed, and your shoes are in a line, right? She goes, that shows organization, right? And now you know that you've been organized and you have this label for the skill that you have used. And you go, I am organized. I know I'm organized. And it doesn't matter, it could have, your room could have been, your books could have been upside down, your, you know, only two shoes may have been in a line or whatever, but you think that you're organized. And the next day, you're gonna organize your room again and you're gonna do it even better. And you're gonna say, you know, look what I've done now. I've put the bedspread on right. It was upside down yesterday, but today I did it right. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's a skill that you have. Whereas if, if you just say, great work, Stephen. It's like, okay, well that can be taken away instantly. There's nothing like solid there for you to kind of yeah. hang on to. And it's funny, the, my, I was talking to my mom the other day. She's a Montessori teacher actually. And I was saying this to her. Um, and this, this is what I'm trying to do with Oscar and this kind of thing. And she said, you have to put, you have to put children on an upward spiral, right? So as soon as you give them a little bit of positivity and encouragement, that you start the spiral moving up. But as soon as you, if it's, why are your shoes in the floor? You've done it again. It's down and it's down and it's down and it's so hard to get it back up. And so yes, their shoes are in the floor. When their shoes are in the floor, don't blame. Again, not a child. They say, don't blame a child. Just say, shoes don't belong in the middle of the floor. Shoes belong on the shoe rack. And saying things like that just means, oh, this child just thinks, oh yeah, I've left my shoes. I should put them away. They belong on the shoe rack. Not my mom is tripping over my shoes again and she's really annoyed at me and now I'm really upset. Mm. You know, it's just slightly little, little different things like that. Um, so yeah, they're the kind of little things. So Oscar picked one up, put it in and I didn't react. I just said, you put the past in the dish. <laughs> you put one piece in. And then he continued. And then, you know, he picked it up and he was pouring it out. And then I said, we need to clean all this up. And so he picked them all up and he cleaned it all up. 14 months. Like this child can't talk yet. He can barely walk. And he's like organizing and doing things like this. That's cool. It was incredible. Yeah. See. I imagine seeing that like change is pretty good. Like, you know, I know mm. you hear parents talk about it all the time, but like you get to see a lot of that even in, in your own uh, job. Mm, yeah, yeah, I do. It's slow though. Is it? I yeah. thought it would be really quick for like a kid at that age. It's quick, but when you're with them all the time. Okay, yeah. So for example, he could change a lot between Monday and Tuesday, but I might not notice it until the next Monday. So it is a little bit nice that I have a gap a week, almost between the two. But I mean, I noticed it when they when I didn't I wasn't with him over Christmas for a month. Oh my goodness, I couldn't like the way he even looks at you is different like his eye contact feels different than it did a month ago and he looks at you with like purpose you know i either like you or i don't or i know that you can get me this thing i know that you can help me all this kind of thing he knows Mm. what you're about yeah that's really interesting um so i want to come back to one of the things you were talking about earlier so 
when you kind of make these um, these list of the different things that you know you might be looking for in your job and yeah. just ones that have different levels of importance. Um, when people are thinking about this, one of the reasons that they might not consider child bonding is because they think they would think it'd be a low salary job yeah. or it has the potential to be low salary. Yeah. How did you think about that? It's and is it true? It's really, really, it's the hardest thing I find about my job, actually. Um, it's really hard because I was in a corporate job, right? I worked in Singapore. Salaries are really high in Singapore. I was on an upward trajectory. I just, for whatever reason, I'm good in a corporate scenario a lot of the times. I just do, I just work hard and I do do shit, right? Um, and then I started my interior design business and that was hard in itself because you know you're starting a business and whatever then I had to move into childminding didn't have to but decided to move into childminding uh and that came with a huge mental challenge for me that I am taking a step back right taking a step down I'm earning less yes I'm definitely in Australia where we live there's what you get paid for childminding is much more than I would get paid at home or in a lot of other countries, I think. Um, so it's not insignificant when I'm getting paid, but in terms of what I would have been getting paid in the corporate world now, if I'd kept up that career, yeah, it's probably a third of what I could be, could be earning. And compared to like a household income, it's really not, you know, I feel it's a real challenge for me to do this to take a step back and to tell people to tell all my friends tell my family this is what I'm doing and I know I know a lot of people and I know the world we live in that there's a lot of judgment there um and it's really what I have to think about is I know this on paper but you know it hasn't really settled in properly yet is that I'm actually not taking a step back I'm taking a step forward like I fully am taking a step forward in my career um, I'm way happier. Um, I know that this is what I want to do. In the future, maybe I'll learn more. Maybe I won't. But that happiness to me is worth way more than the money. And thankfully in a position that I could do that um, and take, if you want to call it a step back or a step down, um, a pay cut. But yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to mentally have like have that shift and think it's okay and mm. not listen to the haters yeah <laughs> like nobody has people have made comments about it you know i hear the word just in front of my job title a lot which really bothers me um like you're just a nanny or whatever um or i would even at the start i may, may have even said that um but i'm really trying not to do that because as i said one i'm really happy in it two i actually believe i make it huge difference to these families i believe what i do is important um but it still is challenging mm. is there because you know somebody might be in a situation where they're either considering like very similar to you right where they might have been in the corporate world or in another mm. job maybe it's a high income or high status job and they're considering a move to it might be child mining but it might be something else that would have similar impact on their income yeah or like their perceived status yeah. right yeah. is there anything they can do to kind of get themselves over this hump i'm not over it yet so i don't know okay. <laughs> um but, to have, but would you have made the leap, right? Because there's a lot of people yeah. won't even change yeah. because of the well, first, impact. Yeah, I mean, I suppose first you have to be lucky enough to be in a position where you can financially be able to yeah. do that, obviously. But I would say if you're really struggling with taking the leap, do it temporarily. Do it on a Saturday or a Sunday first. Um, try, try to just dip your toe in and then... Uh, after a couple of days of it compare how you feel compared to your corporate world and imagine if you were doing this every day um and maybe that's a way that you can just try it out and have that feeling because for me it's all about the feeling that i get that's what is 
helping me through this and I just have to look, think about how do I feel every day um, and I know that hopefully that feeling is only going to get better as I narrow in on what it is I want to do mm. so if you can give yourself that feeling and experience it it may be a motivator and a driver for you to move forward that's a really good point because you actually get like the reinforcement of yeah well I know I feel better when I do this thing so mm. even if somebody's going to think slightly different of me as a result like fuck them because i know that like this is how i want to feel so yeah what do i care like yeah and the balance of things i'm not saying that this is good or okay that they're going to say these things or think about me in this way but like when i weigh it up against how yeah. i'm going to feel every single day it's just yeah and i also think people always say you know your what is it your tribe is your vibe or whatever it might be if your support group are not gonna when you go to them with this idea and this journey that you have in mind for yourself and you are really excited about it if they don't support you and get you really excited for it and push you along and you know unless they obviously believe unless it's a real reason why they might worry about it um it's you know that's really difficult for people and i think if you can change that support group you know don't be afraid that you can do to do that you know because I've even had people in my own support group say things to me about my job and my thing, my salary and all these kind of things. And although I'm not just going to cut them out of my life, it is something that I now have in the back of my head about that person. And I kind of think, well, maybe I'll just be a little bit slower going to them for advice. Maybe it's somebody else in my support group that I'll go to when I'm yeah. making a decision and they can just more be a passenger on it. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more, like mm. in terms of whatever saying you want to use for it whether it's your tribe is your vibe or like you're the average of the yeah five you, people that you, you spend the most that. time with yeah. it is the most true thing yeah and so i think if you're in that situation where you know you're considering something that you're pretty confident is good for you and you're not getting that support from like your mm. tribe first of all that's it's actually really hard oh, it's it's because it's easy if they're people that you yeah. don't really want in your life or they're kind of on the fringes of your life because sometimes that's the signal to say okay well look this person doesn't really get me or their values aren't aligned with me so actually I'm, you know maybe going to stop spending mm. so much time with them but if it's somebody who's kind of ingrained in your life yeah. especially family because you can't get rid of them yeah and um, then it's a little bit trickier but i don't know i think there's as you said maybe you just stop going to them for some yeah. parts of that life advice were yeah uh, i think like a really there's a really healthy element of just like fuck them or fuck the haters that has to come into this as well because yeah. you do need that little part of of you fire. that's like yeah exactly that little fire was just like no i know this is good for me and yeah. do you know what fuck them and and you might love them very yeah. much like it's not that you actually hate them or anything but it's just like yeah. you know fuck that advice maybe like i don't want to but it to comes that. with confidence as well and confidence is something that you may not have naturally um so that can be really really difficult for some people but just just take it day by day and as i said maybe try it out and dip your toe in and you'll feel you'll know like you'll have a gut feeling and you'll know um, i think when you start your passion um because i thought when i started my business i had the i had it i was i thought this is going to be what i do I'm going to be an uber successful CEO, boss, whatever. Um, but then I realized that's not really me. Interior design is not really my passion. And that's fine. You know, yeah. I didn't have that good feeling. And it took me a while to realize that, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good point because I think there's two things with that. It's when you start a new thing. First of all, every new thing is going to need some level of like perseverance. Yeah. And so sometimes when you come up against a lack of motivation or a lack of passion, you're like, oh, no, no, I just need to persevere. I need to be yep. more resilient because that's all that you hear all the time. Yep. And there's, of course, elements that, that of that that's true. Um, and I think, but I think it's really important to like realize what's, where there's a lack of motivation because maybe it's just a bad day and you need to actually persevere through it. Or it's, no, it's motivation because I'm actually just not. Yeah passionate about, about yeah. this thing yeah. and so and then the second thing is especially for kind of um high achievers and successful people like they really struggle to give up on things mm. um and so if you start something new it can be very tempting to just be like oh, no but I've, I've said i'm going to do this thing so now yeah. i need to 
keep going because like i don't i don't give up on stuff i don't like, fail i don't fail so yeah i, I think that's it's really it's a really good thing to be able to say actually do you know what it's probably better for me to fail at this thing now because success actually isn't going to make me happy here yeah so when i was um in my interior design business this was a huge thing right because i i'm a bit of a high achiever and don't like failing to the point where i actually won't put myself in situations where i think i'm going to fail because if i don't try then i didn't fail you know I just never tried. I never did it. So it's okay. Um, whereas this, I was in, I was in deep, you know, I was, I, ha- I have a business. I don't know what I'm doing and I can't stress this to people enough. I have no idea how to run a business. Okay. I still don't, even though I do it. Um, the, what I did to figure out like, if is, do I want to take a step back from my design company or not? is I had to think on two axes. One is, am I stopping it because I've failed? Because I haven't, the business hasn't succeeded? And, you know, deal with all of what comes with that, all of the mental, what, what impact that has on me mentally? Or is it because I'm not passionate about it and it's not what I want to do? And I have to, on that, as soon as, because I was, at the time I was figuring out whether or not I wanted to stop the business and I was I was going to therapy at the time and my therapist kind of said why are you going to stop she was like if you don't know why you're stopping then you're going to find it really hard to stop so I had to stand and think okay am I stopping because of because I failed and I can't do it or because I'm not passionate about it and I kind of came back to her two weeks later and I kind of said to her um, I don't know if I, like, I did my exercise, but I was like, I don't know if I have the right answer. And she was like, why would you say that? Like, you know, of course, any answer is the right answer. I said, because it's both. And she was like, well, that's fine if it's both, you know? I'm not passionate about it. That's a giant learning for me to learn that I'm it's not passionate. And I failed. And part of the reason that I failed was because I wasn't passionate about it. And it's all interlinked. And, you know, but if you can, when you're in a situation where you're, struggling to as you were saying figure out is it motivation or what why are you what is it about it is it that you feel like you failed giant learning in itself difficult thing to even accept but maybe it's a little bit of passion as well which feels like it eases the flow if that was me mm. and i did that exercise and i was like oh and i'm not passionate about it I wouldn't have even considered the other access because <laughs> I wouldn't have want, I would I would like, I have an excuse for giving up this thing yeah. where I don't have to admit that I failed at it. Yeah. So what why didn't like it t- I feel like it takes a bit of strength to to actually recognize that other one. Because I knew I knew that I was failing at it. You know like I knew that whatever I was doing like day to day I just knew I wasn't the it's it was dripping like the the it's like my clients were dripping in really slowly and you have to you have to kind of wait it out a lot but I could have tried harder I know I could have because my like you know my husband he he has started multiple businesses and he was kind of saying he had ideas for me or friends and family would have ideas for me of things I could do why don't you try this why don't you try? and I would always think yeah I could do that but just didn't you know I would just sit on my sit down at my desk and I just wouldn't want to I wouldn't be driven to do that and so I knew that I had failed in that way mm. so I could have just ignored it but I think that would almost have been like a double failure to ignore it when your subconscious is telling you that it's there yeah um and I also think at that time I was trying to be more self-aware and learn from my mistakes and all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. It was the right thing to do, I think. No, I, I think so too. I'm just admiring your ability to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got a few more questions. Um, so the first one um, is actually just on that point there about being more self-aware because 
when I have these chats with people, what I realize is that so much of it comes down to them realizing what makes them happy or mm. realizing what doesn't make them happy or yeah. what things they do like or what things they do value. But what comes before all of that is the ability to even know it, the ability to self-reflect and yeah. say, okay, well, actually, do you know what? That made me feel bad. And I remember at a time in my life, I, I couldn't figure out what made me feel good or what made me feel bad. So it's like you talk about all these exercises, yeah, but they're kind of useless because you don't, you don't even have the skill to figure out. Is there anything that you've done or that's helped with kind of being more self-aware or more able to understand these things of what you enjoy and what you don't? Because it seems like you've now got to a place where you seem pretty in tune with what makes you happy and what doesn't. And that that seems to have led to some pretty important decisions mm. in your life. Like any exercises, those kind of things? Or, or, just or even just like things that have happened in your life or like you know it could be over a number of years right like a journey that has gotten you to and maybe maybe you've always been self-aware i don't know no okay um then what like you know if you were to because if somebody's sitting here being like, oh I don't, I don't think i'm really self-aware like I, I don't think i can even sit down and do any of these exercises because mm -hmm. i don't know what makes me happy and what doesn't well first is you have to i feel like you have to one understand your emotions right i still struggle to understand my emotions i know roughly if it's positive or negative and a lot of the same ones get thrown around you know <laughs> frustrated i'm angry i'm happy sad but first you have to do that i think be able to figure out what emotion you're feeling and it sounds may sound really silly but even for example i sometimes would be able to feel my emotion as a color it sounds strange but i would feel like i'm feeling kind of orange or i'm feeling kind of brown or whatever and normally you can if you do that if you put a label on a color you can then you can kind of feel out what emotion it might be if it's a positive or negative one if it's warmer or colder that kind of thing um and then you have to figure out why you feel that way right why am i sad right now and the problem is, is it can, I could be sad or I could be angry for, from something that happened a month ago, but because I didn't deal with it, I feel it now. Right. Mm. And for me, the way I deal with this kind of thing, and I became self-aware is I would just have to give myself time to figure it out and not sit down. I'm not somebody who can, if I'm in an argument with somebody, I can't. I can't argue with them right then and there. I can't have that discussion because I don't know how I'm feeling. I don't know why I'm feeling that way and I can't work it out. And so I have to take it really slow, figure out, and I'll go through different parts of my life. This is actually something that I did. I start, I've started doing about four or five years ago is I would go through different parts of my life and almost check them off. And I'd say, okay, school, you know, I'm feeling sad. There's something in my life I'm feeling sad about school. And I'd sit there and I'd think about school and I'd be like, how does that, how do I feel? Do I feel green or whatever color it is? Um, and I'd be like, no, I'm feeling blue about that. So whatever. And then I go to the next thing, family, you know, is there something there? And just kind of go through. And for me, I would kind of, I'd get like a tingle almost in the thing. So I'd be like, okay, job, feeling kind of a tingle there. Okay, my boss, no, that's okay. Oh, this work thing that I'm doing. Oh, I'm feeling a tingle. And then I just like, it's kind of like a tingle it out almost, right? <laughs> and it sounds strange, but that was something that works really well for me. And over time now, I don't actually do that anymore. I don't go through the list of things in my life anymore. I'm more aware when I'm in a situation that's not good. And I kind of think, oh, this is making me frustrated. And I'll kind of note it. And then I'll come back to it. Because as I said, I can't, when I'm in a conversation or talking to somebody, I can't do two things at once. Mm. I can't feel my emotions and have a conversation. So I'll note it and then I'll come back to it, you know, the next day or whatever. And I'll think more about it. What was it that was said? Why did it make me feel like that? And all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I ha it has to be on my own. I have to be. Yeah. I'm yeah. an introvert. I need a lot of alone time. Yes. No, me too. I'm, I'm, and I'm very similar in the fact that like I need that 
I need space and time to yeah. like let everything kind of settle down to the mm. bottom and then you can kind of mm. look like oh okay what's going on there yeah um okay so if you if someone's listening to this and they go do you know what I really like kids yeah um but I don't work with them at all right now I'm in a corporate job or doing something completely different what's um maybe one or two very tangible first steps that they could take to figure out if it's something that they might want to do yeah um I'll probably do three, right? One, read a book about children's psychology. I'm reading one now called um, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen. It's a great book. Um, it's my first one I've ever read. So, And there's also there's tons of different ones. So things about the Montessori side, if you're looking for the younger side. Read a book about what you're passionate about, or in this case, children. Read a book about children. Um, second one would be to um, try and... You know, obviously in this digital age we're in now, everything's on social media, everything's digital. I get a lot of enjoyment from watching um, children online, um, like people's vlogs and like day to day, what they do, what are they doing with their kids? Are these stuff. like family vlogs and yeah. stuff? Yeah, right? Love doing that because you see different age groups and you learn more about what ages people you know what ages kind of speaks to you and what they're like at different ages right and then the third one would be do do it like part-time so maybe on like a saturday morning if it's child minding or volunteer with children that can be tricky because it's a little bit more vocational obviously when you're volunteering but try and be around them more you know um so volunteering or if you have the opportunity to go in and shadow a classroom, something like that, shadow a teacher, um, but just try to expose yourself to it as much as you can. Mm. That's what I would say. Because you'll, with children, I don't know. So a lot of the time people, when I was doing this job, everybody was saying, what is it that you want to do? Why do you want to work with children? And for most people in the world, children, they'll come away from two hours with a four-year-old and they'll be like, I'm drained. And don't get me wrong, I'm tired after work, but I always say that children give me energy. You know, children, I come away buzzing. Did you see how he looked at me? Did you see this note that they wrote me? You know, it like warms my soul to be around them. And I feel like they give me energy. And anybody that I say that to, they're like, what's your children definitely don't give you energy like even my own child doesn't give me energy um but for me it does yeah that's great um okay two more questions and then we'll wrap up um so the first one is you're you know you said you're at the start of this journey where you know that in general you're enjoying working with children but there's a few different paths that you might take Mm. um for somebody listening to this what are those potential paths that you might go down in the future um okay there's like midwifery like first stage obviously pretty early on yeah um there's that stage which it would be more care about the parent as much as the child because if you're going through childbirth obviously it's as much about them um the second would be teaching um and even within teaching there's vast different age groups that i can teach um third would be psychology being like a child psychologist again even within that age groups again what age do i want to do is it more primary is it more secondary i think with primary you'd be working with the parents almost just as much as the child um that would that would be a very difficult one i think um but i like it like i like giving advice and i like helping people figure things out um then there'd also be i suppose mentoring or like guidance counselor type work for mm-hmm. high school students and i did do tutoring when i was in university i tutored you know high school children and i loved that because half the time we did maths and half the time i just help them try to figure out their life and what they wanted to do so they're just some i mean even just this morning i was the 
tutoring one came back I hadn't really thought about tutoring um or mentoring children and then it was only this morning that I thought oh I could be like a guidance counselor and do something in that way so where I'll go I don't know I don't think I'll I don't think it will be teaching yeah but the other one's very much still open yeah but there's uh, there's a lot of options there and a lot of like different very different paths mm. so you could then which which I like right mm. because it's you're I always like when you kind of got as much optionality for yourself as possible because yeah. you're like do you know what I really like this kind of a job like that's still open to you yeah yeah and in the same way I did exercises so there's other exercise that I did that I'll quickly talk about um I did an exercise where I wrote down 50 jobs um this is back you know when I was in the corporate world I wrote down 50 jobs that I would a little bit think about maybe doing I wouldn't take the job tomorrow but I'd just think about it I'd explore it more and they were anything they were things like teaching obviously was up there interior design was up there and um, being an actor was up there being a director behind the scenes was up there police woman I think probably made an appearance back somewhere. to your, yeah. uh, your childhood, childhood. <laughs> detective like um there was crazy things in there right and just write them all down okay and for each of them write down what it is that you like about it is it you know for teaching it might be caring for children just being around children detective it might be like problem solving you know different ones will speak to you differently and then put away the list okay fold it up and put it away and you're you will find yourself thinking about some of them more than others so they'll just your subconscious will just be working away at it and then you'll randomly think Oh, I'm still kind of thinking about policewoman, policeman. Hmm. Okay. And then you'll just, I'll just forget about it again for another week, and then I'll rethink about it. And I just kept. I forgot about forty-five of the things on the list, and of the five that I actually remembered more, like some of them, just I just kept thinking about it more. What would I do about it? How would I feel? What would my day-to-day look like? And then. You know, I, that's how I figured it out. So I'll probably end up doing a similar exercise with this. But the thing is, the list is a decent bit shorter. So I'm, I think I'm already going through it in my head. Mm. Um, and my subconscious is out there working on it. Mm. And hopefully in the next year or so, it'll just grow into something. Yeah. And I'll work it out. I like that. Letting your subconscious work away on the, while you're sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> it works. Though. And it's almost like... A little bit like a plant, right? It has like the roots underneath that like nobody really sees. They're just working away. Yeah. And then it grows into something nice. Yeah, quite like that. But you got to give it like to take the plant analogy to an extreme. You got to feed and water it, right? So then it's got it's got like stuff to actually think about. I like that. Um, Okay, so if we were to sit down again in say ten years' time, Mm -hmm. and you were to say, Stephen, the last ten years have just been amazing okay right what would it be that would have happened hmm okay I'd say two big things one is I want a family like I want to have children um not immediately but in 10 years I have a couple of children I would be so so happy and if I figure out, if I just, I'd say it's by 10 years, yeah, I probably want to figure out what it is, what my career is. And maybe I'll be a stay-at-home mom. Maybe that will be my career and I'll be happy doing it. But I want to figure it out. I want to be able to write it down and say, this is what I have decided to do. Um, and other than that, like just my day-to-day, just to continue being as, enjoyable as it is now the enjoyment that I have on my day-to-day is so different like it's it's crazy compared to like five years ago when I thought I was happy um and I was in a great job getting paid great you know living a great life I'd moved into an apartment maybe whatever um but when I compare it to now my goodness I just love my day-to-day and I just want to love like I love day-to-day I just want to mm-hmm. keep enjoying it yeah live in the moment that's so nice mm-hmm. it's really nice to I guess to be able to say that in 10 years time there's really 
like only two things that yeah, you would want to happen and and they're both pretty doable right so yeah. it's like like they're obviously that's quite nice i mean if i was yeah like they're the things that matter to me you know yeah of course yeah, but it's personal not like journey yeah but obviously i want everybody around me to be happy and that i'm kind of taking that out yeah of the picture right now yeah um yeah awesome thank you so much this Thank is great you. this was so nice i really enjoyed it